Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Evie, do you know any good workout songs? Yay! Okay, ready? Go! Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. With your eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Very good. Let's get on to Emer and see what she can recommend too. working in this area? I started my gym instruction and personal training courses nearly 10 years ago um, and I was a qualified accountant and working in finance. Um, you reach a stage in your life where you realise that you, your work life takes up a lot of hours in your day and it's important to be doing something that you enjoy and that you value yeah. and that you can you know help others with um, and you that you can make a living out of as well. So um, I took the plunge in 2013. So at the same time, I was just um, pregnant with my first baby and uh, exercised through my pregnancy. I was a keen um, runner and fitness enthusiastic, I suppose. So I, I kept quite fit during my pregnancy and had a very easy first pregnancy and relatively um, good birth. Difficult postpartum, difficult baby, um, challenging a few months, um, tiring few months. But yeah. I, uh, at the same time, a few local women near me um, came to me and asked me what I had done during my pregnancy, that, you know, I seemed to have rode the wave of, of pregnancy and early motherhood quite well. And could I help them? And what kind of exercises wow. could I do with them? So my business started quite organically, started with a group of six women back in 2014 and um the rest is history. I uh, stayed with it. I stayed upskilling and doing courses and following experienced people online and reading and researching and keeping up to date. So what's your working week like or your day to day? What's your day to day like? Um, it's a it's a lovely business to be in because often um, I see a woman from when she might be trying to get pregnant to when then when she is pregnant um, and then they come back with their babies um, during yeah. the 
postpartum phase and then they'd often um, stay coming to my gym in the evenings when they go back to work so it's lovely I, and then they might get pregnant again so I've had um, <laughs> there's a there's an ever-evolving flow of of uh, women having babies so it's it's a it's a business it's a good business model it keeps on turning what motivates you I think I found my niche quite early then when I got pregnant and I realized, oh, yeah. this is so interesting. It immediately jumped out at me that pregnant women and me at the time, that it's almost like society ex- expects you to sit down and wrap yourself up in cotton wool and mind yourself. And, yeah. you know, you shouldn't be out running or walking or exercising or sweating or doing anything that overly exerts yourself. And why would you do that? And And my challenge at the start was... Um, to educate people around that and to show them that you can do all of this and that it actually benefits you and baby um, hugely yeah. in the long term as well as the short term as well as having a healthy pregnancy and and a easier birth and delivery and a healthier baby that you know it actually has um, it's been scientifically proven to have long-term benefits for the mother and the baby so you know once I started learning about all of the scientific side of that as well and what I was feeling and what I was feeling myself and what you know I was um going through with those initial clients I was like oh whoa this is there's something here like I love this with all of your clients and with your own pregnancies it's a constant learning process for you as well right so you're you're always like not upskilling but like you're you're presented with new kind of cases or situations or completely one of my very first clients um and she's a good friend of mine now obviously after six years seven years um she just had her fourth baby four weeks ago um she came to me when she was pregnant on her second and third and fourth now so she you know I've gone through three pregnancies with her she's gone through three pregnancies with me and like she will say like eat and her postpartum and like each time she does a block uh, and she's obviously been you know neither in between she's been one of my regular clients in between and she's a brilliant person and she's so motivated and strong and fit and everything but she would she has said to me often you know Emer, this is completely di- not completely different but like whoa like she can't get over how we'll be doing something new again next year the next time she's yeah. been pregnant you know I'll have, wow. I'll have sourced some new gadget that we can use or some new move that suits a certain way and like she's had so many different pregnancies as well because you feel different in every pregnancy and you feel different in every postpartum journey that you know, there's different ways of solving problems and solving aches and pains and different approaches to how you feel. So it's interesting from her point of view, because she's been my, you know, she's often given me that feedback that, yeah, it does evolve and it does evolve. But I think as, an, as a trainer, that's very important that you do evolve. But yeah, even just personal experiences and how my body feels yeah. is brilliant. And I actually find often when I'm giving a postpartum um class and I'm doing the exercises with them and I can you know I might have like I you know 20 sessions a week so I my level of fitness would be quite high and I'd be Mm -hmm. doing the session with them and I'd be like oh come on ladies you know and then it's a completely (laughs) different story when I'm fresh out the box as a postpartum and I'm like oh god I'm so mean why did I do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. But they're looking to you for guidance and, and they know they don't have to reach your benchmark, but if they can just no, like, you like, know, try. Yeah, exactly. Showing up is good enough, oh, right? <laughs> but my point, like I can empathize with them as well. Like, you know, I've been there through yeah. that journey and through that journey of feeling like you might not get back to where you were before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's important to kind of recognize and acknowledge <sighs> for them as well. So, yeah. Big no, time. It's an amazing space to work in. Oh, like it really, really, truly is. You sound 
uh, as fascinated and interested in it as you probably were when you took that plunge, like you say. And completely, you know? and it is, it's evolving all of the time. Yeah. And we're learning new things all of the time. And it's an area and an industry that is growing so rapidly and all of the research is changing every year and uh, being added to, and it's been discussed more in social media and it's been discussed more across the board. And I think, you know, like podcasts like yourself and so on are making this time for women, like it's just being acknowledged more and that's so, so, so yeah. important. So what's the best thing you think you can offer a woman in this phase? Generally, my postpartum classes are often in the morning time. I like to have them at 10 or 11 in the morning. I find even half nine, I find that time where the baby goes for its first nap is often a very enticing time for a mother to commit to a session because they feel they might go in the car and they might be still asleep in the buggy or so on, or they know that they're maybe in a settled time. And that's so important for a mother who wants to start exercising or be participating in something that they know that they can go and that their baby is going to be relatively happy. Now, at the same time, yeah. if their baby isn't happy, that's fine. I can deal with it. I can juggle three babies in my arms at the same time. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, sure you can. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's still very important for the for the mother to enjoy the class as much as she can because, you know, there's nothing worse than maybe stressing out about the fact that your baby is unsettled or that you're running to it over and back all of the time. So, yeah, I like to yeah. try to do it that time in the morning. But at the same time, I'm aware that some mothers like to go back to bed maybe for that first nap. Mm-hmm. So I would do a lot of um, my group sessions in the morning time. I would do a lot of my personal one-to-one sessions maybe in the afternoon. And then I have a couple of groups in the evening time when my kids would be home and settled and ready for bed or ready for their dad to mind them or whatever so like I've said my my I I run a local gym in um South Galway so it's quite small I can only fit maybe six or seven women at a time um with babies maybe five or six at a push you know I think like your your personal attention is massive and like I focus a lot on the why and we focus a lot on the why like across the board with food fitness fertility and and with my gym about you know really trying to connect with the client and give focus on education and knowledge and make them understand like how their body works and why their body is responding Mm. this way and I will repeat certain ways that I'm doing the exercise over and over and over again so that if my client can't attend the class next week and she wants to do something at home that all she can hear in her head is my annoying voice telling her how to do that exercise properly but so that you're getting as much bang for your book you know so that you're not just going through the motions and maybe half doing a rep or not doing it appropriately or not breathing properly through it um like I've often when I've gone on my own maternity leaves I've often left my clients and kind of said look I obviously please go and join whatever other gym or go to another class when I'm you know, not around and um, please feel mm. free to do that um, or please don't. But I, I hope that I have given you the confidence to go into any other gym or, or any other personal trainer and, you know, have the ability and the confidence to, to do that, you know. And, and then I'd often talk about like the benefits obviously as well constantly. So that like I yeah. explained that they're making that connection that you're elaborating on their own um, knowledge and their own experience of that exercise and then they're more inclined to actually take it on board and you you know Mm. do the actual advice and 
follow the meal plans. Like if you're talking about food, maybe that they they understand why they're eating that type of food. They have to understand what that food does for their body, how their body reacts to that food, how their body reacts to this movement, why it's important to reconnect with your breath and all of that. And then they just are more tuned in, they're more focused and they can take that away and bring it away forever more in their lives. Especially women postpartum, they might, you know, only have that six months maternity leave and they want to make the most of it. And they're going mm. to go to an exercise class with for themselves. And then they're going to go to baby sensory, maybe for the baby and water babies. Mm. And they're going to have the best <laughs> six months ever. Then I might never see them again, you know, but I just feel like I want to leave some sort of a lasting impression on them from a movement and exercise perspective that they can bring that forward in their lives you know I find when you get pregnant it can often be a time that women kind of say I'm going to eat my best I'm really going to move yeah I'm really going to mind you know I'm growing another human being this is really important now for me to be as healthy as I can be and I love that and then you mm. they, they go into the postpartum phase and equally like that I'm raising a child I have to be mm-hmm. the best version of me and you know the weaning stage is super because they're cooking yeah. loads of lovely foods for their babies and all the veg and everything but like it's 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 so crucial for them to kind of follow that through yeah like that's what I really focus on since I've been exercising in my pregnancies and postpartum it's been so much more mindful Mm. because of the people that I've met because of the education piece that comes with it because you're already a little bit banjaxed and you don't want to make it worse completely so like the minute you have that baby like you're already fragile and Mm. you're go you know you're in a very your physical and emotional state are both fragile. And like, it's so important to kind of reestablish and reconnect with yourself. And you're putting yourself out there, like you're putting your your physical and your emotional health in the hands of this person that you're going to come to train and you're giving your time up and you're packing a bag for you and the baby and you're getting into your car and you're driving there so I am 100% always like conscious of that that I want to make this 45 minutes or an hour the best hour that this mom can have today I want to make sure mm. if her baby is cranky that I'm going to mind it I want to make sure that <laughs> gets the most out of this class and then I would often say to them as well though please if it was extremely stressful getting out the door to come to me today don't do that to yourself again the next day like it's all about honoring that and no more than what we've just experienced through covid and kind of through lockdown and all of the restrictions and the time that we have been able to just sit and unwind and not be busy 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 and then now life has started to get back to some sort of normalcy for a lot of people in the last month and now it's like setting and creating those boundaries again about how to avoid getting to that over activity side of things again and to start saying oh no life was lovely a couple of months ago wasn't it and we were able to sit down and relax you know so it's to find that balance and and to keep on reminding the mom of that as well and yeah like I, I that that's why it's a very important time like and it's a very important time for any type of service provider or healthcare provider or anyone that is touching base with a mother a new mother or somebody that is in this very fragile time like of course it's a beautiful time and it's not I'm using the word fragile because I you know mm-hmm. just I think it's a it's a nice way of explaining it it's not too harsh it's not too whatever but you are like you are in this state of hormone fluctuations and you've just been through a big event and you've grown another human being and that human being might still be 
needing you to fulfill its every need so yeah it's a it's a it's a time where you do need to honor that for the mother and and not over push it so yeah you want to make sure that they're getting the most out of the exercise for the 45 minutes but yeah you also want to make sure that they understand you know to go easier on themselves as well so this is a bit of a mad question but like what do you think makes you what makes you different to a regular personal trainer yeah, sometimes it does take that third party or someone that's a little bit removed from you that maybe has a sense of authority over this type of stage that you're in in your life or experience yeah. themselves or whatever that they, that you know that they have your best interests at heart and that they mm. are going to honestly tell you know give you the proper advice for you right now because often we can't hear it from those that are around us or they're afraid to say it so a memory came up on my from my Instagram of me and it was uh, six, about six months after I'd had my first baby and I was like the skinniest maybe I'd ever been and I went to one mm. of my friend's birthday parties up in Dublin it was her 30th and I hadn't seen a lot of my school friends since maybe while I was pregnant and um, they said you look fantastic oh my god look at you you've just had a baby how did you do that blah 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 and I was my baby was difficult he didn't sleep that much I was stressed mm. out I was eating mm-hmm. loads of rubbish I was exercising but not really doing you know any type of program that would make me look amazing I, it was just mm-hmm. pure frazzlement and not looking after myself the reason why I looked like that and but I didn't say any of that to them and that's how I felt mm-hmm. and maybe I didn't even know that at the time but when that picture came up that's now in hindsight I can recognize those signs and in experience and what I've been through for the last few years I can recognize that so I I often would be very careful around women that would come to me in that early postpartum phase that would have be on the slimmer side even more so than women Mm -hmm. that would still be carrying the baby weight um so women lose it quite naturally and I have to say each to their own on this and I think there has to be less judgment around this because yes big time yeah yeah I agree especially in women's circles we can bitch a lot about oh that one look at her she can get back into her jeans after a week and to be honest sometimes it just happens you don't have to starve yourself to get that your our bodies do respond like that for some people but in other cases you, you I would be able to recognize the difference in that and the difference in someone being frazzled and stressed and maybe dealing with a mm-hmm. more difficult baby and maybe not minding themselves. So they, those are the clients that I would be like, look, OK, you're going to come here maybe twice a week, but go easy on yourself. You don't need to be um, pounding the, p- the pavements or, you know, you may, maybe need to rest when whenever you can get the opportunity instead of yeah. worrying about getting extra activity in or get a little bit of help around or maybe get someone to cook you some more meals or you know just support them in another way and um, and often then as well the women that can't lose weight or that are wanting to lose weight and are struggling with that that's that's another side of it but I, I think mm. like I said at the very start like I think we all need to be a little bit less judgy around weight loss or weight gain and postpartum phase it is very extremely sensitive but it's equally sensitive for those that are on the skinnier side as it is to those that still carry the weight so uh, that's a tricky subject for a lot of people but I think a bit of compassion and non-judgment will go a long way there have you seen any massive shifts in attitudes or trends around women's fitness in recent years when I was thinking about how to prepare for this podcast I actually thought to myself you know I don't even know how long how how many minutes I'll actually speak about actual exercise if that makes sense yeah because there's so much more around it like it's there's so much more around it like you're obviously going to start out nice and slow with your clients you're going to be reconnecting with their breath you're going to like I explained already giving Mm. them the knowledge and the education all around what their body has been through what it now yeah to do 
um, yeah. all of that. But you know, it, it it's 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 really holding the space for the woman and like asking her to connect with the other moms that are in the room, giving her you know the confidence to go easy on herself at the start and that you can build it up and all of that so it's not necessarily the exercise of the movement it's more everything else that goes around with around it 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 could be like that that's just like going to baby sensory or going to water babies just isn't really your jam that you Mm. actually just want to be in a gym environment and you know to go back somewhere where you feel that safe or yeah that you feel that you're ticking that box whatever even if all you're doing is sitting there with your baby like managing that situation for an hour yeah among other women who are doing it you're getting whatever you need from that so it's not that you have to go to somewhere that like you feel like that's where you belong now you can go back to that place that you spent a lot of your life in yes and 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 find a new a new kind of way to enjoy exercise that's a brilliant way of putting it as well because there are so many um gyms now and uh smaller gyms offering these type of classes for women for for women um bring your baby type of exercise classes and like you've just said they're like baby sensory isn't for everyone or parent and toddler groups aren't for everyone or going to a breastfeeding support group isn't for everyone yet you might be you know a fitness enthused or have gone to the gym all of your life and you know that there's a a mom and baby gym class and you're like yeah actually this is me and this is where I'm going to get the support my peer support that I need this is where my new community is and it's a it thank god like it's fantastic that that is there now for women and that they can do that because I wouldn't have been massively into mom and toddler groups or anything like that as well but I I, now Mm -hmm. being the other side of it I completely see the huge benefits to them but yeah Mm -hmm. a a mom and baby exercise class provides that as well or mom and baby yoga or you know they're they're fantastic opportunities to connect and and meet other mothers and I'd often give like my postpartum exercise classes like 15 minute prior and 15 minute after if not even longer to let them come and go and feed the babies and yes. have the chats and you'd never get them in and out yeah. in 45 minutes you know <laughs> like that, no. that's that's the joy of it and that's where the actual yeah. connection comes and that's where the confidence oh. building comes and that's where that's where you see the new mom like grow and thrive and, yeah. and, and then want to come back and want to get herself mm. back and want to look after herself like that's where that Isn't confidence that comes from you know, and that's what's really important. And I, I, hand in my heart, I don't think I would have been able to go outside and go to an exercise class two or three times a week with my first baby. Like I just wouldn't. He was too cranky and too difficult. And so yeah. hand in my heart, any woman that has ever come to me in that stage, I'm like, fair juice to you. You know, like, yeah. it, it, like fair juice to you for just getting the exercise gear on, <gasps> throwing the bag together, getting that like it's this you know yeah it's a big commitment like and before they even pick up a weight or before they even do a squat or before we even do any sort of a warm-up so high five like you know it's <clears throat> I'm I'm just providing the service they're just they're backing off each other and it's a fantastic place to be so can you talk a little bit about the other organizations and other kind of training that you've been delving into over the recent years when I was pregnant on my second I really delved into the physiology of birth and the psychology of birth and I would have researched yeah. and read a lot of books and and so fascinating we take it for granted and for some part of it as well we often um like leave it in the hands of someone else 
um, to a certain extent. And I mean, I, I don't mean that to sound harsh or to sound like we're passing the book, but our bodies are made to, you know, give birth in a lot of cases. We can do it in the majority of low risk cases and quite naturally and quite well. And our bodies know what to do, but often our brains and our and our esteem and maybe our egos get in the way and maybe our culture mm. and society get in the way as well yeah so, yeah um there's a lot going on there and a lot of you know you place trust in your healthcare providers and you place trust in in those around you but often the person that we yeah. need to p- place the trust in the most is ourselves so yeah. you know like yeah. a lot of it was just my own personal drive and ambition and want to learn more and more about this um yeah. and the term doula kept on coming up quite often in a lot of things that I was reading and researching um so okay. yeah so a doula is someone that provides practical um informational and emotional support to someone that is pregnant um uh, birthing and in the labor space and there's also a, a postpartum doulas as well so yeah so I'm cur- I've done both the training I've done the birth doula training and the postpartum doula training over the la- last couple of years and I'm currently just working my way through the certification process um obviously with three small kids I am currently and the gym and food fitness fertility and it's really interesting what how you say you acknowledge that a lot of us will just I, I don't mean to be flippant when I say take take it for granted but we'll we'll almost pregnancy will come in in an easy way for for a lot of women and then you know the inclination to just hand yourself over to a healthcare provider to you know for them to kind of be responsible for your health during your pregnancy that's just the way we've kind of like found ourselves in society so it's really really important to to underline to women in the postpartum phase that like that's just the bare minimum that our health care in Ireland here can provide to you that's not that's not where it needs to end and unfortunately it is up to us as women and our our peers and friends and family around us to encourage us to support to find the support that we need that you it's not okay or normal or it shouldn't be anyway to just expect yourself to just know how to look after yourself in that phase if you've never been there before for a start or to be okay in that phase if you don't know how nobody's telling you how to do anything Mm -hmm. you know so finding the information is really really important I often say to my pregnant clients as well you're pregnant like you're not sick there's nothing wrong with you um like you're going into the hospital for checkups but you're not going in because you're medically sick if you're low risk like you know some people may have a higher risk pregnancy and they may have gestational diabetes or preeclampsia or they might you know they may have something in their pregnancy that puts them into that category of be needing a doctor but when you're pregnant and if everything is going well there is nothing wrong with you you know, um, and often as well, there's no reason why we need to stay in hospital for five or six days after you've had a baby. You know, I, I hear Mm. a lot of people kind of say, oh, bring that back when, when I was, when I had all of mine, we'd stay in hospital for the week and the baby nursery and it was amazing. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with you that our hospitals can't provide that type of service to women. at They're swamped. So you, you know, you can't be in there basically like set it up when you're pregnant for in that early initial postpartum phase that you have that support coming to your house, that you have your lactation consultant on speed dial already, that you know who your 
um, district health nurse that's going to call. Yeah. You have your mm. friend that just had a baby a couple of months ago. You've already drilled her on what happens in the first couple of days. You've got your partner mm-hmm. on board. You've got your mother and your mother-in-law on board that you know in those couple of days I can go home and feel safe and secure at home if yeah. me and baby are healthy. Like as long as mm. you know, if you've had a relatively if your birth has gone well and you're physically able to leave the hospital and your baby has pooed and weed and passed all of the checks, then, exactly. you know, get home, get into your own space and have it all set up. So like, yeah, and there is, there is a lot of a naivety, maybe first time as well. And a lot of, like I said, maybe in placing our trust in, in those around us to kind of say, okay, yeah, sure. Isn't that going to happen anyway? And it's like, no, it doesn't happen anyway. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, I, it's not that you're just a number, but you are just a number. Like you're going to have your baby and you're going to leave that hospital and there's going to be 10 other women in tomorrow having babies. Like they, they liked you when you were there, but they have someone else to deal with tomorrow. You know, we all do have to take a certain level of responsibility for, for how, how we manage to get, how we get through this. And that conversation is important. Like it can be hard mm-hmm. sometimes for people to hear, I think. Um, but you yeah. know, and you kind of obviously have to say it in in a in a sensitive way as well, so that you're not yeah. being putting people on the offensive or on the defensive, sorry, and that you're not um driving them away. But you want to provide that information to people. We we can often hear things through muffled ears or through you know with blinkers on of what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. You know, I see that a lot as well in the postpartum phase. Like I see women saying, "Oh." my midwife never said this to me or I didn't hear that. That's the thing about being a doula. Like, so like what we've learned about, you can offer that emotional support to women. Yeah. That That is a that's really what they're looking for, right? Really what they're looking for. And it's a huge part of midwifery, but the way that our medical system is set up, the midwives don't get the opportunity to do that as much in the hospital as they would love yeah. to do with their patients because there's too mm. much paper pushing and there's too much form checking and there's too, there's too many women in there that they have to deal with and manage on a daily basis it's it's too busy for them they they can't yeah. give that emotional support as much as they want to now like I'm not a midwife but I have you know midwives have have openly said this to me in the past that they would love to do that and they do value that side of their work and they do know that once you provide that space for that woman she is going to labor better she's going to labor more efficiently she's going to mm-hmm. have an easier birth and she's going to have a yeah. transition into motherhood but the space just is mightn't be there you know within the, the healthcare setup at the moment so yeah like midwifery has changed also just on that like they they often have said it to their patient and they often have explained things in the antenatal classes but like I said sometimes we only hear what we want to hear and we don't hear what we don't know that we have to hear like a lot mm. of women talk now there's a huge conversation around pelvic floor health at the moment and it's so important yeah. and we can talk about that in a little bit more detail but just maybe on that you know like like midwives do, do go through breathing there is a physiotherapist that will come and speak at your antenatal class that will talk yeah. to you about your pelvic floor health and midwives mm. do give instructions about pelvic floor exercises. They also say that you can be referred to the physiotherapist in the hospital if you need to after birth. But women, yes, I anecdotally, women have told me that they didn't know any of this and that no one ever said this to them. And that, but I've been to antenatal classes myself. I have heard it out of the horse's mouth. It is said, but sometimes it's just not heard because they don't know that they have to hear it. But on that, and I suppose you've had an episode as well with the, the, with the women's health physio, couldn't recommend mm. them enough. And that's something that I would talk to my clients about in one of their initial yeah. um, postpartum exercise classes. We do check for the, the, I'd let, you know, talk them through 
what exactly is the diastasis recti and how you know how mm. for them to test it themselves and how what kind of strength we want to see building up in that area in the next month or so and talk them through the type of exercises that we do at the beginning of class to focus on that area and focus on you know your full core connection and your full pelvic floor function but I would advise them to go to see a women's health physio as well I I put a poll up on one of my Instagram pages as well last week or the week mm. before mm. I had a conversation with one of my friends she had just visited um the women's health physio and she's postpartum and she couldn't but she's actually a doctor and mm, she, yeah yeah she was blown away by yeah. the knowledge that she gained from the, the physio yeah, that's what happened to me I could believe it I was like what yeah so like I said like it's so <laughs> crucial to go prior to having a baby so this is what I, I think so if you well massively um Alex because if you go prior, and this is what I mean about taking back the control of understanding the physiolo- physiology of birth. Like if you mm. understand how that baby is actually going to come out of you and the muscles mm. that it needs to do and what happens to your cervix and what happens to your vagina and how it all mechanically works, then you mm. are putting your best foot forward to, you know, to not having a bad tear and to mm. allowing that release and that softening at that moment when you really need to and to mm. understand how to push or not push or from a physio perspective and just that mm. she will give you that confidence and she will give you that knowledge and she will like empower you to fully understand what your body's trying to do and then you're not working against your body and then you're not going to be shocked afterwards you know you're going mm. to understand yourself depending on how mm. your labor and birth went why your body is is the way it is afterwards and then you can go for your postpartum check but yeah no yeah. I think learning about it prior is, is a very good investment 50 60 70 euro like how much are they for their hour like you couldn't spend any better money like you really couldn't yeah so what are some of the basic healthcare advantages to paying attention to fitness and well-being for women of all ages for women in general, for teenage girls to really understand how their body works from the very beginning. Like I've explained to you what food fitness fertility is and the amount of women that explain to us the journey that they've already been on and the information that we give them. And then they might be like, I never knew that. I didn't know my body did that, you know, or like, so we're missing out there and you can avoid going through a very bad menopause if you actually understand what your period and what your cycle is trying to tell you in your teenage years and try to rectify any problems that are coming up there first of all you can avoid any fertility issues that could come up 15 years after being on the pill you know to mask some sort of ovulatory issue and that's going to manifest itself in menopause as well and menopause is going to be a lot worse if you have some sort of an ovulatory issue so you know it all ties in together like that's what we have to be conscious of all of the time and like that your pelvic floor health and there's nothing worse than seeing those ads for incontinence pads on the television or magic women's knickers that like you know can mop up leakage isn't normal and it's not something that we should be promoted or advertised like it's something that should be not discouraged but more you know support and services in that area need to be ramped up I've I've had a few um older clients as well so one summer I had about four or five kind of older women so they would have been in their early 60s a lovely age group to work with as well but postpartum forever so Mm. just noticed (laughs) on that and it's just something like but we laugh but like so strength training and resistance training and all of this conversation that I'm just after having with you 
Like none yeah. of this was talked about 40 years ago when they were having their babies, okay? Like these women come to me and, you know, you'd hear the middle-aged spread, like where women, you yeah. know, you might get hippie and see them kind of shaping out into that pear type of shape. Uh, it's my own theory now, but I think that middle-aged spread is purely from not retoning, reconnecting, reestablishing that core and pelvic yeah. floor health postpartum so that they've yeah, just, the yeah. muscles there are just completely lax. They've completely gone, you know, softened. Mm. Nothing has been done. Mm-hmm. They never did anything with them. And now mm. they are carrying weight in that area and stress and all of that that goes with that, you know. Um, but it's something that I start with, with those older women that I that I had in the gym that summer. Like I, I was actually nearly treating them like they were newly postpartum. Like it was... Yeah. We were reconnecting yeah. with that pelvic floor. We were reconnecting with their core, reconnecting with their breath. They were learning how to move, you know, through a range of motion in the exercise. And again, like I talked about before, like telling them the why, why we were doing this, what it was doing for their body, what it was doing for their posture, what it was doing for, you know, their lower backs because they were building up their glute muscles and, you know, how it was supporting them in that way. And then they like were like, oh yeah, like they were like, I can't believe this wasn't around 20, 30 years ago when I had all my kids or, you know, so mm. so it's it's it, like for women in general, like that's that's what we're faced with if if we don't kind of do this type of exercise or these type of movements now when we're in this having babies type of phase it's so important to look after your health to like you said future proof yourself so let's talk a little bit about the the business the online business and how consultations work pre and post COVID-19 food fitness fertility myself and Siobhan Henley uh, she's a nutritional therapist we got together in 2017 um, and Siobhan was studying her nutritional therapy course and really was drawn to how much food and stress and your mindset plays on your reproductive system Um, and she had personal experience in it as well and really felt like this is the area that she wanted to get into she knew at the time that I was running a pre and postnatal fitness classes um, and was dealing with women on a day in day out basis and rang me and said what do you think is there something there could we offer women the support in this fertility space to start with? Because this is the start of your motherhood journey. Um, And I actually, once we started investigating and researching and putting the business together, and I was talking to my clients that I was seeing on a daily basis, I was blown away by the amount of them that had had fertility struggles and now were pregnant and the amount of them that had gone through IVF and the amount of mm-hmm. them that are the other side of it and maybe failed IVF and then got pregnant naturally, the amount of women that maybe had been trying to have a baby um, and couldn't, like dealing with secondary infertility. So this is where you've already mm-hmm. had a child and you can't get pregnant for um, a number of years after having that child again with an unexplained secondary infertility, which can be extremely difficult. So mm. I could, you know, just at the start of our business, when we were researching it, my my own personal research, dealing with my own clients that were coming in and out of the gym, I was just really, really blown away by it. The amount of um, the, the different types of journeys that everyone has had to becoming yeah. a mother. So Siobhan and I really felt passionate to provide something for women that they could all gain knowledge and understanding and education around that space so it's oh. it's really again special place and I, I think it was important to start at the very beginning it's important to you know to support women that 
that want to be as uh, healthy as possible and give them the tips and tricks for them on their nutrition exercise and mindset that they can make modifications to their own lifestyle to help them get pregnant and to help them have a healthy pregnancy and then beyond you know so we're looking at full Mm -hmm. circle so you're talking about beyond to when they're in the postpartum phase and to when they're raising little children so that you know it becomes a sustainable lifelong type of lifestyle so yeah that's what that 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 was food fitness fertility and it is and it's been an amazing journey so far no you mentioned it was an online business and that's actually a good point to make out so food fitness utilization is an online platform we have a website where our clients join a community or they they join and become a member of food fitness fertility and they will gain access to uh, weekly modules of meal plans exercise workouts and mindset fertility information and we also have a private facebook group and we facilitate monthly uh, Zoom calls as well. So it's been online for the last three years, but obviously in the last six months, everything has become like everything has moved to online platforms mm. through COVID. So um, we've actually seen an increase, which is absolutely fantastic. And um, we find we wanted, we built it online because we wanted to provide women, we wanted to provide as many women as possible with this type of service. We wanted to make it ac- accessible as possible for women. And um, the fertility space is quite, it, it's it's not that it's a taboo, but it's a sensitive space. A lot yeah. of women don't share with each other that they may be having fertility struggles. A lot of them mm. might want to be private about it and they might want might not want to be seen to be going to a specific clinic or to some specific venue. Sure. So, and that was uh, on our minds at the start when we were setting it up as well to be as um, sensitive as possible and maybe, you know, to give women that opportunity to facilitate them with with these type of services through the online platform so that they can come and go from it themselves we also have a pregnancy course as well so we have a weekly meal plans um, nutrition information and home workouts that you can do through pregnancy and we just haven't done it yet but we hope to do a postpartum online nutrition and fitness course as well and um, yeah something that I've seen a lot of trainers and client and other gyms move towards obviously in recent times I want to provide that service online but I also think the actual face-to-face contact and that close contact with women in the postpartum phase is very important um yeah and it's something that you can't get online fully zoom is fantastic and we've seen the benefits of it of late um but I just Mm. think yeah you can and, and pregnancy as well it's important to make sure that I was quite conscious when I, we were building the pregnancy course that, you know, to make sure to make it as foolproof as possible. Like you don't want women doing exercises at home the wrong way. You don't yeah, want them, this is it. Yeah, you don't want them picking up the information the wrong way. So, yeah, there, there, there are obviously there are pros and cons always when you do stuff online. Um, but, yeah, mm. no, that one of our main reasons for going online was to make it as accessible um efficient and economical as possible for as many women mm. to access this type of information. Because like yeah. making lifestyle modifications and cha- or changes to your diet and nutrition has the same success rates as IVF. So it's really, so it's really, really important that women take back control of their bodies as well and can learn what they can do to enhance the quality and you know of of their womb environment to enhance the quality of their health that can have an impact on on conception and the pregnancy and afterwards. You know so. Yeah, it's, it's all been scientifically proven and it's amazing. Like, And again, it's ever evolving and changing too. Um, but And more research has been is being done. Um, so yeah, we're trying to move with it 
um, mm. as best we can. So that's food fitness fertility. What are some of the typical reasons that people contact you um, for food, fitness and fertility? And what, what is unique about the service that you provide for people online? I suppose they see in me that I have been through the entire journey myself um, have the experience and the qualifications to go along with it um, to really tailor something for them through food, fitness, fertility and through our our other Instagram page, which we focus on prenatal and postnatal um, food and fitness. I often focus on meeting them where they are at. So I like mm-hmm. to say, please let us know how much exercise you do what you eat mm-hmm. on a daily basis like we have tailored plans we have generic plans we have you know I have fitness plans that I can say okay you can do this three times a week you can do these exercises five times a week or whatever but I really like to meet the woman where she's at and really get a full picture yeah. of her life and then mm-hmm. you know okay well maybe you're doing a little bit too much um in the fertility okay. space over exercise is a massive thing putting too much stress on your body is a big thing um, in the pregnancy stage, it's something that you have to be really mindful of as well, you know, not to overexert yourself. Um, you have to be careful of your, excuse me, your energy levels. You, you know, sometimes you, your bloods might be off, your iron might be low. You have to respect that. You have to take into consideration that your balance is off when you're pregnant, your hormones are fluctuating, you know, you have more relaxing in your body. So I would, uh, and everyone is individual. And I suppose we preach that a lot. And I say that a lot to my clients and I'm pretty sure my clients give that feedback to other people that might be asking whether they want to come to my class or not, that I really try to be as individual or as tailored as possible to the woman that's in front of me, be it in a group or a class or an online setting that we try to find out as much information as possible as that from for, from that woman's life and then tailor whatever we have for them. You know, like we provide a plan, the meals are there, the workouts are there, but by no means does it mean that you have to do follow it to a T or do absolutely everything that we're asking of you um, because it mightn't suit you. So it's really, mm-hmm. really important that the woman is honest um, with where she's coming from and what's going on in her life and how much exercise or lack of exercise that she's doing or what she's truly eating. So we'd obviously um, ask for a food diary in some instances or and really get it try to get a feel for how busy the person is at work like there is no point in and I often say that to women in the gym and I think they respect that as well that if if you know you're overworking and they're coming straight out the door from the office and coming into the gym like that exercise class isn't going to do them Mm. any good like they need to unwind and they need to you know I think like what we've just all lived through like I think we can all really appreciate the level what stress and what over and I think stress is quite an umbrella kind of term it's like over a lot of things now but it's not necessarily stress it's that busyness that constant busyness yeah. that we're putting so much pressure on ourselves so I think often that and that, that's the type of feedback that we've gotten from our followers and from our clients that like that people kind of feel that connection and that they feel like what we're giving for them is for them and that you're empowering them to understand themselves so that they can look at something then and say that's for me that's not for me I'm good at my breakfast I need a bit more support with my lunches um Mm -hmm. yeah I you know what I do yoga once a week and maybe Emer's plan has three workouts on it but maybe I only need to do two Emer, what do you think and I would say yeah I think you only do need to do two 
you know so yeah. that's what like that's where we're meeting with 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 the with the client where they're at like it, it's not it's not the same rule for everyone you know it, it yeah. really really yeah. isn't do you enjoy getting to know people on that really personal in-depth level yes of course we wouldn't I wouldn't do it if I didn't but it's it's intense and it's emotional and it can be hard and challenging at times to hold that space for women and to hear their stories and to give positive constructive feedback in a way that they're able to hear you and that they can take it on board so like you're you know you're constantly kind of changing the way that you deal with people because you have to deal with different people differently as well and everyone mm-hmm. reacts differently you so again it's a learning process um and it's us upskilling and trying to find new tools and new tricks and new ways and a lot of it is mind management like and a lot of it is emotional management and like there's a lot of underlying counseling going on there you know I think I think we all should be going to a psychotherapist at some point Mm -hmm. to really understand how our minds work and how it all plays in together but yeah like there's a huge enjoyment in it but it's also a heavy it's a heavy task too and one that like I said you need to have a a good game face on for a lot of it as well for yourself yeah um because you need to protect yourself too as a personal trainer do you encourage partners and and family members to get involved I suppose I encourage the women to seek support and a lot of them will have already had it if they're attending the classes they will be there um with the support of their family if they had other kids at home you know they would be getting the support there to allow them to to get out the door and get moving um I again it goes back to my philosophy in my gym and my whole ethos around um how I coach it's like a family approach and by you attending like an exercise class um that you're going to bring that home to your children you know so a lot of women would say I I just can't find the time to exercise at home but like your baby's going to be on the floor they're going to be on the play mat from like six weeks until four months old that's where they're going to live they're going to be down there on the play mat when they're not being fed or asleep so you want them down on the play mat and then that's perfect opportunity for you to get down on the floor and do some of that core reconnection and do some of your breathing and do some exercises and they just think it's the funnest thing ever like what toddler doesn't love jumping around and running around and playing games like that because they think it's a big game so like you can do that at home with your kids and that's what I and like I've touched on that as well with you before like that's it's not necessarily attending your postpartum fitness class it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. doing the exercise it's about moving like that every day bringing Mm -hmm. it into your everyday life finding the small windows to kind of do those little things with your kids with your baby like you know we hear so much about tummy time and how important it is but the most important the best way to get your baby to do tummy time is for you to lie down on your tummy and look into your baby's eyes and like encourage them to do that so but like a lot of parents don't know don't have the confidence or the knowledge to do that you know so you do need to sit down on the floor with them and be but like it's a like that's I'd encourage that's what I like to encourage like so yeah families getting um partners getting involved but like like that it's just giving women the knowledge and and the encouragement for them to go home then and do it in their own lives you know yeah and and then they might encourage their partners like if their partners see them their husband see them going out the door and and being you know they'll they'll recognize that their their wife comes home in a better mood and she's happier Mm. and she's looked after herself and when the mom has looked after herself then she's able to look after everyone else in the house as well you know so um yeah so that's what's really important and it's a full circle it's a full family event 
I think this is the perfect time for us to start talking a little bit more about the fourth trimester and um, with with a bit more of a focus on it. Um, it's such a hot topic. What's your opinion on it? Or even what's your opinion on it being a hot topic? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, again, it's great that it's been talked about because I didn't know about it seven years ago when I was pregnant on my first. I didn't know what Amazing. a fourth trimester was. I didn't know yeah. that other cultures, cultures honoured this as a time where the woman was lying in or where someone would come and stay with her and mind her for her and baby for 40 days and 40 nights. And, you know, I didn't know that any of this existed. Um, I didn't know that your baby needs you even more in the fourth trimester. I hadn't, you know, fully met that connection of the baby was inside you for so long and now it's outside of you. And of course, it's just going to want to be with you. Like, I think if someone really stood back and said that to me at the start of my first journey through postpartum it would have made it a lot easier you know if I understood that okay it's okay that your baby just wants to be in your arms so yeah 100% I love the way it's been talked about now because it's normalizing all of these type of things that maybe have been have been looked at in recent years as being inconvenient like you know your baby should settle by itself and it should put the baby down and put it in its cot and walk away like I, I think there was a lot of pressure there. Like, is your baby not sleeping 12 hours yet? And all of that, that the more the fourth trimester is honored and talked about, the more those type of situations are normalized for moms that are going through it. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. really important too. So yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't know about it after my first, it's something that I've grown. Um, there are a lot of learning, done a lot of learning on, um, read a few books, really changed my approach with each pregnancy and postpartum and each fourth trimester that I've personally gone through yeah I was going to ask you that actually so have you done anything specifically different with each of your pregnancies in your fourth Um, trimester in relation to my fourth trimester yes like when I was like I just explained pregnant on my first didn't really know what it was afterwards uh pregnant on my second really wanted to not try to do it all as soon as the baby came out like wanted to kind of relax a little bit more if I could um not be go 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 not have as many visitors like try to get the feeding off to a better start don't rush in into anything but I still was like there's still a certain level of oh you know you have to be here you have to go there you have to do everything and it was only really when I was pregnant on my third and I had done my birth doula course and like I said like my knowledge is is growing here and I said okay Emer you really really have to go back to bed when you can when the opportunity arises you really have to honor the space you know now you have two other kids at home you know how quickly those immediate two three months can go even though when you're in them they seem like every day is very long for some women and they can seem like a fog and they can be very difficult but at the same time when you look back they're gone in a flash so like Mm -hmm. third time I really wanted to like slow down um I said to myself please accept the help you're going to need it allow the kids to go off with other people and don't think that you can do it all you know and don't put as much pressure on yourself I would often as well have and I say this to a lot of my clients too like sleep 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 is crucial it's crucial for um food and digestion it's crucial for fertility it's crucial when you're pregnant to sleep the melatonin is so important for your baby 
Um, it's so important for your baby's development that you rest when you're pregnant. And then again, afterwards, it's so important for your recovery that you rest afterwards. So sleep is massive. And obviously, you're going to be woken, whatever way the baby is being fed, you're going to be woken every two, three, four hours at the start mm. for the first, whatever, 10 weeks, we're going to say. You know, you mm. have a miracle baby if it's going to be sleeping through the night at two or three weeks. Like, I, yeah. you know, that's that's one in a hundred. Like, you, you might know mm. a friend that has that, but that's that that's the abnormal. That's not the normal. normal. <laughs> not the normal. So again, like honoring the fourth trimester, realizing that that's normal and then kind of saying, okay, how am I going to support myself to do that? So like, yeah. you need, you know, and like, yeah, there's nothing worse than someone say sleep when the baby sleeps and you're like, look, I have a million things to do. Who's going to do this, this and this, you know, but it's not necessary to sleep when the baby sleeps, but look at each day. Okay. I'm going to wake up in the morning and this is what I did third time around. How often was I awake last night? Okay. okay. If it was a bad night, today is a day that I really need a nap. You know, today is a day that I need to get back to bed at some point. Whereas Mm. if, you know, sometimes they do have a good stretch and geez, I kind of got four hours last night at some point and then I got another couple of hours. I'm feeling well today. You know what? Mm. I'll battle through the day now and I probably won't get my nap today, but that's okay. So it's like every day is changing and you're setting new goalposts for yourself. But like, again, not being as strict on it, you know, kind of saying when you recognize and when you need the rest more than other days, because I don't, it's not really possible to nap when the baby naps, like all the time. Like that's a silly thing for people to think that they can do like it's it's not possible all of the time so it's like respecting that and then third time around I would have had I found like new mother meditations so I would have um done the gentle birth app as well and had access to some other hypnobirthing um tracks and cds and a friend of mine wrote a book and she has some fantastic cds as well that I would have followed and she has like a postnatal recovery track which is about 20 minutes so like I would uh, I would often have a busy mind uh, I don't know if you've recognized that from the amount that I talk <laughs> but I have a very busy mind that goes along with my, with all of my talking so I find it very d- difficult to switch off and that's what I would have found like first time around and I'm sure loads of moms are like that like you're lying there I know I need to sleep I know I need to sleep I know I need to sleep and it's so hard to sleep like you can't rest and Mm -hmm. I need you to do this and is the baby okay and you know what's going to happen and blah blah blah. your million things are always going through your mind so like third time around I had these tracks on my mp3 player on my phone ready to go and plugged in you know I had my earphones I used to come into my downstairs bedroom it was my space that I used to use any kind of 20 minutes that I had and I said look even if I don't sleep I'm going to listen to this track and I am going to be rested and I am going to be calm afterwards and I would be a lot better after you and then as well recognizing that you get your best sleep and your best rest often between like 8 p.m and 12 a.m so yeah so you go into a deep sleep often before 12 a.m so if you're somebody that doesn't go to bed until after 12 a.m you're probably not knocking into a deep sleep that often so yeah so it's it's really important everyone's different and everyone's Um, rhythm is different but uh, uh, in the majority of cases you do knock into a deeper sleep before 12 a.m so getting to bed earlier is crucial and like a lot of babies actually sleep quite well in that early part of the night and then mm. you never you never really know what's going to happen after 12 o'clock yeah. like you never really know they could sometimes they wake at one or sometimes they might stretch out till three so like if you're not going to bed until half 11 12 you don't really know how the rest of the night is going to go. You might be missing that window. Yeah. You're missing yeah. that block. So like mm. third time round, 
I honoured that block and I got to sleep when I could. So as soon as yeah. the older two kids were in bed and if the baby was down, I was in bed at nine o'clock. Yeah. So the You're sacrifice, in the bed. I'm in the bed. So the sacrifice there is maybe not having that one-to-one time with your partner or mm. not having that alone time away from your older kids or not having that space just to be you. But I mm. think in the fourth trimester, this is more important. So rest is more important. Solid, good, consolidated, deep sleep is important. Like that's what's going to make you feel better the next day. And I've had this conversation with my clients and from a personal perspective, like there is no point in sitting up, waiting for your husband to come home from somewhere and then having a bitch of a conversation because you're exhausted and you're Mm. not in the mood to be there. What's the point in sitting up fighting when you could be... Yeah, cop on, go to bed. And then you're all winning. And then the next day you're in a better form. Okay. Yeah. We're on the biscuit tin. And a word that keeps coming into my mind throughout all of this is music. Do you have any advice or tips or anecdotes to do with music in any aspect of your pregnancies or labor or four trimesters or even in in your um, experience in the fitness business or maybe as a doula. Music. I listened to a very good podcast actually from um, Kelly McMonagall. She's a researcher, an American researcher, and she's done a lot on this. She was on um, Rangan, you know, Chatterjee, the Feel Good, Move More. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a brilliant podcast. He had her on before, and it was a really, it's the joy of movement and how moving to music and um, exercise how much more can motivate you and benefit you and how music can really help Um, music in general can music is so individual so it's like you find your own beat yeah and um, Emer, thank you so much for you. your time and I could just talk to you forever tell us where uh, we can find you oh yes um, so we have an Instagram platform at at food underscore fitness underscore fertility. We also have a baby. So this would be a prenatal and postnatal page. It's at food underscore fitness underscore fertility underscore baby. Um, our, our website is foodfitnessfertility.com. Um, I'm based in South Galway. You can contact me on any of those platforms. Um, but my gym at the moment is in transition because I'm in transition having another baby so um so yeah we're we're contactable on Facebook and Instagram on those platforms um and you can get us there direct message us at any time we love like we've said like we love that connection with women and we'll answer any questions that come into us um you know you don't need to join or become a member or do anything like that I think it's just the reaching out always that that we love so yeah yeah, we're always there yeah come here before you go one final 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 question what are you looking forward to in your next fourth trimester? I, I love tiny babies. I, some people don't. Some people love when they get bigger and some people love when they um, are walking and talking or whatever. But I really, yeah. really, really love small babies and tiny babies because I appreciate that they really don't stay um, that small that long. So just mm. like snuggling up to that tiny baby and watching for their firsts, watching for all of their firsts, like and 
watching myself as well and like it's going to be in the autumn time so I'm due in autumn and it's that's an I think that's a nice time coming into the winter and the nights are getting shorter and you can kind of start hibernating yourself almost and that kind of goes with the fourth trimester that goes with the type of fourth trimester that I like to have. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.